You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. When the speaker brings his luggage, it could be a long day. I do appreciate Pastor Matt and the opportunity that I have to speak to you. And as he preaches every weekend in four services, I keep wondering, what is it that keeps him going? And then I realize you guys have a free coffee bar. So keep it flowing, stay well caffeinated, it will probably increase our intensity of worship this morning. So feel the freedom to join me in a beverage at any moment uh, throughout today's service. It is a privilege to join you. I bring you greetings from Harvest Christian Academy. We have a great connection with the Creek Church. Many of your ministry team, uh, the Oxleys have a graduate of HCA. Uh, The Buck family has a graduate of HCA. Pastor Adam graduated from HCA. So basically, your whole ministry team either graduated from HCA or wish they had. So on that behalf, we, we appreciate the support of the Creek Church and kingdom education that we have at Harvest Christian Academy and the opportunity we have to serve uh, together. Well, every year at HCA, we develop, we pray through a spiritual theme. And our theme for this year is on the screen. It's the word confident. We try to look at We try to look at a passage of Scripture, and we try to help our students understand there are biblical principles that we can apply to our life that help at every age, every event that's going on, and this year, it's confident. So help us get to that point. Think for a moment of something memorable that's happened in your life. Something memorable, some event that changed your life or you remember it to this day. Because often those memories will also remind you that it took a real risk or a real challenge or you had to build up the trust. I I can do this. I can figure this out. It took a lot of real energy. For example, I remember my first base base hit in Little League Baseball. That moment, it, it all comes together and it finally happens. Maybe you remember the first time you asked a girl out on a date and she actually said yes. There's such nervousness building up to that. Or maybe for you, it's thinking about the long, committed grind to finishing a college degree. Or how nervous you were when you went into your first job interview. There's things in our life where we have to risk it. And then out of that risk and out of that trust and out of that faith comes some exhilarating moments because we accomplished something. The same is true in our spiritual life. Do we have the confidence to carry out the things that God would have us to do? What keeps us from being the person that God wants us to be in the lives of others? So today, we're gonna ask the question, do we really have confidence in Christ? We're gonna look in Philippians chapter one. I'm gonna read from verse three to verse six. There are Bibles on the back. If you'd like one, they're a gift from the creek. We're going to concentrate on verse 6, but I'm going to start back in verse 3 so we can pick up some of the context that's here. As we look at this idea of us believing that we can truly have confidence in Christ. Follow along in verse 3. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. This is Paul and Timothy. They're writing a letter back to the church in which they had helped start. They continue in verse 4. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out into completion until the day 
of Christ Jesus. So we'll find ourselves in verse 6, and we're going to look at a few principles that hopefully as we walk out of here today, we can say, God, why don't I trust you? Why can't I be confident in my relationship with you? The first idea we're going to present is the idea that we can be confident in his goodness. There in verse 6, it starts with that word, being confident, being confident. And it then says that he, Jesus Christ, who began a good work in you. You see, God's work in your life is good. He works in our lives. His work is good because God is good. At some point in time in your journey, you've probably realized that. If you look in Scripture, you find support of the fact that God is good. In Luke chapter 4, it says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Even the news of God is good. The gospel is called the good news. In Acts chapter 20, it says the good news of God's grace. His grace is good news. The, the forgiveness that he has, his work in our life. In, Acts, in, in Romans 12, it says God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God has a plan for our lives that is good. And then it finishes out in Philippians 2, and it says to fulfill his good purpose. God has a purpose for you. So we see in Scripture that God is good. That's who he says he is. His work in our lives is good. But we don't have to stop there. You can think personally as well. And you can go, wait a second, my salvation. God was so good to me to forgive me of what I had done. The fact that I have a family. I have a beautiful wife. I have four children. I have four grandchildren. God's been so good to bless me with the family. My provisions. I'm employed. I have a paycheck. I have my needs being met. God provides for me. And last but not least, even in my daily battles, God is faithful to walk along beside. So we can see it in Scripture. We can see it in our own lives that God is just good. He is. But that brings us to ask the question, what about us? We're confident that God is good, but are we good? Well, we were created good. He he. he he finished creation and he said, this is good. And then he rested. But then what happened next? Sin, sickness entered the world. And it has taken us away. It has torn us away from a relationship with him. So now we find ourselves and we're kind of afraid of him. And we're kind of embarrassed of who we are. So what makes us good now? Not much. Scripture says that the best we have to author, offer him is filthy rags and unrighteousness. So what do we do? We have goodness available to us, and yet we realize that we're not good, so what do we do now? What do we do with his goodness? Well, last week, Pastor Matt mentioned something about that we bring our baggage into relationships. So I thought this morning I would bring some of my baggage for you to see into what I bring into my relationship with God. So what do we do with his goodness? Sometimes we just carry around trash. His goodness is available to us, but we want to hold on to our old garbage, and we just can't let it go. We're supposed to take it out. We're supposed to put it in the dumpster. They're supposed to come get it and all those things, but sometimes we just hold on to our past. We don't want to let it go. And then other times... 
We have all this goodness available to us, but what do we do? We run around with our dirty laundry. And we're not, we don't, we're not willing to put on the new, clean righteousness that's available to us. We carry around our dirty laundry in case we want to slip back into something that's old. So we have all this goodness available to us, and yet we carry around our trash, and we keep the old stuff just in case we're more confident in that. So the first point we've got to get to this morning is that we need to, if this is who we are, we need to place our confidence in Christ, not ourselves, because there's no goodness in us. There's no righteousness in us. The only goodness we can have is because of his grace and his good word. But the verse doesn't stop there. It doesn't just say that he who began a good work in us It goes on to let us know that not only can we be confident in his goodness, we can be confident in his completion. Verse 6 uses a word that talks about completing things. It says that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Man, God is a finisher. He is a completer. He is not a quitter. Think of something you've accomplished. Think of a project that you've finished and you step back and you looked at it and you thought, man, that's pretty good. And then, then guys, we always have to get, you know, our wives, honey, come look at this. Come look at this. And then it's in the garage and she doesn't care that you built new shelves on the wall, you know, and you've done something special with your truck. And, but they come out and they go, oh, that's good, honey. You know, and then they go back in. They're so polite. Little boys, mama, are you watching? Mama, are you watching? Well, that never stops. Husbands, honey, come here. So we have these little projects in our lives. We have these little accomplishments in our lives, and we're so proud of them because it took took time, and it took energy, and it took skill, and we walk away, and we go, man, I finished it. That was good. Well, then you back up, and you think about your relationship with God. And you think about all that he has invested in us as a project. You see, because he started it with creation. He, he, as as Ryan said, the impossible of speaking into creation, us, the earth, our universe. He created us and he said it's good and then he rested. But he didn't stop there because he realized that the sin sickness that we adopted He had to come back, and he had to send his son to the cross. And if you remember some of the last words from the cross by Jesus, he said, it is finished. God's a completer. He came back and gave us an opportunity to be restored to that good relationship that's there. But in that verse, it doesn't just say completion. It uses the word, he began a good work. So we have to stop just for a second for a little commercial on this idea of start. Jesus starts and completes our relationship with God. But I'm afraid that some of us here this morning have never given him an opportunity to start. So this verse can mean nothing to you. This spiritual theme of confidence in him can mean nothing to you because you have said no over and over and over again. Let's go back to the dirty laundry to make sure we understand this idea. So we have... We have this goodness available to us. We know God is one who completes his task. 
We know that we have to say yes to get, let him start in our lives, and then we have to trust him to complete it. December will be my 30th anniversary being married to Sally. Thank you, Sally. That's a long journey with me. I understand that. But with four children and four grandchildren living with us at times, there's a lot of laundry. It is never, it just never stops, you know. It's just always there, and it's always more, and it just piles up, and it just keeps going. And, and you have to realize that some days you're just not going to be finished with it. Well, if we're not careful, that's the same relationship we have with God. Some of us are afraid to put on the clean clothes, and we wear the old stuff. And we know it, it stinks. It really does. I mean, this came out of the laundry hamper yesterday. But we tell God, no, I'm fine in my dirty clothes. I don't need your forgiveness. And we just squalor in our dirt, and we wear it every day. It's kind of like being in a junior high locker room. We have a school, Harvest Christian Academy. Something happens to junior high kids. The boys, they just stink, you know? And they, we do athletics in the morning, and then they come in. They're supposed to shower and change clothes before they go to class. That didn't happen. You don't want to be a middle school teacher for anything. I mean, second period, it's rank. The boys run in, and they realize, I didn't pack my uniform for the day. So they literally pick stuff up off the floor and put it on. They don't know whose it is. My wife can attest to that. She had two boys. She does the laundry, and she goes, where does stuff come from? And I'm like, I don't know. I needed some underwear, and there was some on the floor, so I put it on. You know? So, so there are some of us. There are some of us that are afraid to put on the clean clothes that God's willing to provide to us, and we're willing to walk around with this immature junior high approach to cleanliness and feel like we're okay. But then others have said, no, I don't want that nasty stuff. I'll accept the forgiveness of God. I'm going to put on the cleanness that's there. I'm going to let you start in my life, God. But we carry it around with us in our bag because we never know when we want to slip back into that old self. When we're going to get back into the old sin, we want to look like and act like what we used to because for some reason there are times where we have more confidence in that than what God has said our future is. And we're afraid of that future at times. So if we're going to be confident in its completion, we've got to get rid of the dirty laundry. We've got to let it go into the washing machine. We've got to let it be cleansed. And we've got to be willing to put on the newness that God gives us on a daily basis. But just in case that didn't make enough sense, let's do this one more way. The other way to look at this is maybe looking at a spiritual mirror. I'm sorry, Sally, you had to get ready this morning without your makeup mirror. You're beautiful anyway. You don't need makeup at all. All right. So sometimes... We're, we won't look in the mirror because we're in denial. We think we're beautiful enough already. We don't have to do anything. So I'm not going to look in there. I'm good to go. And everybody else is looking at you going, you know, you got a big spot right there, something from last night's dinner or something. But we just ignore that. We ignore our sin and our junk in our lives, and we just say, God, I don't need that forgiveness. Or... We've accepted that. We've looked in the mirror and realized he's created us new, 
But then we never look back. We never want to look again because we're afraid that he's really not doing anything in us. And we're afraid when we look in our spiritual mirror, we're going to see the same sinful person we were, and we're not going to see that newness that's there. By the way, that's scary, ladies. You know, one side of this is really like a magnification thing. Goodness, no wonder you don't want to get your picture made. You see all kinds of holes in your face and things you didn't know were there. Well, the same is true of our spiritual mirror. Sometimes we're afraid to look because we don't trust God. We say, God, there's nothing you can do with me. I'm awful. I've done stuff you can't forgive me of. I'm afraid to look because I'm afraid you haven't done anything with me. This passage of Scripture tells us that not only is he good, not only is the work in our life going to be good, but he's the one that's going to complete it. He's the one that's going to work it. Don't be afraid to look and see what he's doing in your life. God is faithful to complete. Have confidence in his completion. And then let's go on. Not only can we be confident in his goodness, And not only we can be confident in the fact that he's going to be the one completing the work that's there. Later in that chapter, we can pick up on the idea that we can be confident in our conflict. We can be confident in our conflict. Our spiritual battles can encourage those around us. Skip down to verse 14 of that same chapter. Philippians 1 verse 14. Paul continues to write, and here he says this. Because of my chains... Most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Well, when he mentions chains, you realize Paul's been in prison quite often just because of his belief in Christ. Typically, prison's an embarrassing, humiliating, terrible experience. But he said, look what happened. Even when I went to prison, the fact that I was going through conflict, others were encouraged to the point that they were courageous and they were fearless because I was faithful in my relationship with Christ. So even in those darkest days, even in your most humiliating moment, for example, I grew up in a Southern Baptist home family. My dad was a pastor for 60 years. And as a Southern Baptist, you knew divorce was the unpardonable sin. Well, I was divorced after four years of marriage. I didn't feel like I could go home again. I felt like my life with God was over. It was a humiliating time in my life. And then God did something amazing. He brought people into my life that loved on me and let me know my life wasn't over, that God was bigger than this, that he could forgive and move on and mold me out of this. And something happened that I wasn't prepared for. He started bringing people to me that were having difficulty in their marriage and say, look, we know you don't have all the answers, but we know you've been through this conflict. Would you listen to me? Would you pray with me? And then the most humiliating thing you've been through now is something that you're able to encourage others. Only God could do that. So do you realize that you can have confidence even in your conflict that you can be a a light to someone else? Be very confident in that. When we think about confidence, when we think about an impact, we sometimes think of somebody who's had a great impact in our life. For some of you, that might be a biblical character. For me, it's Joshua, my favorite biblical character. He was second in command, and then God said, you're it. Moses has had his term. You're in charge now. I want you to stand firm and be courageous. I'm with you. 
Man, Joshua did it. He stepped up. He got after it. For others of you, though, you think in more practical terms, maybe it was an athlete. Maybe you've watched somebody your whole life that had a real tough background or went through an injury, and yet they performed at the greatest stage. They accomplished something amazing for everybody to see, and you walk away from that going, wow, that's impressive. For others of you, it may be something else, though. Your hero may be somebody that has served. Maybe a first responder, maybe a military, maybe somebody who has sacrificed everything so we can have freedom, so we can be protected. You're inspired by what they've done for you. But for me this morning, if I'm thinking of somebody who inspires me because they overcome, one of them is my youngest son. This is a small picture. You might not be able to see it from there. He, he's 20 years old. He's a junior in college. But in the seventh grade, he was diagnosed with scoliosis. And by the ninth grade, his spine was at a 62-degree curvature. And it was affecting his organs. It was kind of hard to breathe at times. And they said, you know, we got to do surgery, which makes sense. So Scottish Rite Hospital in Dallas, amazing people. But it's hard to watch your child go through such pain. Serious back surgery. He now has an impressive 16-inch scar. He has two titanium rods. He has 22 bolts in his spine. Out of that painful journey comes discouragement, depression. He's been in pain every day of his life since that surgery, and they can't figure out why. He struggled because he thought, my dreams of my dreams of land for my life are over. My dreams of being a protector and serving are done. I thought I had a plan for my life. And now, more than six years later, he's still in pain. But God has convinced him through men in his life that there's a purpose for him. And through the very conflict that he's been through, I've watched him grow and mature into a young man and, and yet who I'm so proud of. So whatever conflict you, you find yourself in, know that if you are consistent in your faith, others will be encouraged. They'll be fearless because they'll say, if God can get you through that, then he can help me with what I'm going through today. Man, place your confidence in a God who created us, in a God who sent his son to the cross to restore us, in a God that wants us to, to put our garbage away, to let him clean us up, to let us be inspired that even in our weakest moment, he can use that to be courageous in somebody else's life. We can be confident. We can be confident because he is good. We can be confident because he completes his work. And we can be confident even in our weakest conflict because of who he is. So as we close out this idea of confidence in Christ. I'll make three quick statements. First of all, confidence in Christ, I think you should seek it. I really do. I think you should seek it. You, you can say yes. You can pursue it. You can do whatever you need to do, but seek it. Because he's ready to do your laundry. He's ready to take out your trash, but you've got to say yes. You've got to let it go or he's just standing there waiting. He can't complete a thing in your life. He can't help your family, men, until you as the head of the household humble yourself before him and say, I can't do this. You've got to say yes. 
The second thing I think you need to do as we challenge you with this idea is that you need to stand in it. You need to be willing to look in the spiritual mirror and say, you know what, I do need some help. And then you look back a little while later and you say, man, God, I'm not the same person I was before. You're doing a miracle in my life. I got to trust you to finish this. So stand in it. Don't ever be embarrassed in your relationship with him. And the last thing I'll encourage you to do, and it's, it has to do with the, the message series that's coming up next and the service that the creek wants you to get involved in, I think you can serve with it. When you capture a confidence in Christ, you can serve with it. Don't wait till you're perfect. You're not going to be. Don't wait till you know all the Bible stories. Don't wait till you have enough, enough scripture memorized. Don't wait till you go to Bible college. None of that may ever happen. Just because you have confidence in him, you're qualified to serve. Serve with it. So let's state it practically as we close. Let's take out the garbage and throw it away. Let's get rid of it. Let's don't carry it around. We don't need that trash from the past. Let's allow him to clean us up. And let's quit carrying around our dirty laundry. Take it off. Let him clean you up for the first time and then don't pick it up again. He wants to create a new relationship with you every day. And then just like the conflict that we go through, recognize that in your weakest moments, if you're faithful, he can be confidently encouraging and helping other people be courageous and fearless. So this concept of confidence starts in us. It'll impact us first, but then it'll impact others as well. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you so much that you're not afraid of the garbage that's in our lives. And there's not any stain that we can put in our heart that you can't cleanse. So, Father, today I pray that we would have the confidence to let you start that work. And we would have the confidence to know that you're going to complete it and we don't have to give up. God, we love you. We know we live in a sin-sick world where bad stuff's going to happen to us. So even in those moments, allow us to be faithful. Because if we can be faithful, you can use that to grow others in their relationship with Christ. We love you. We're confident that you are who you say you are. You're good. Your work is good. You complete it. And even in our weakness, you can build others up. So we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the relationship that's available through him. And it's in his name we pray. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at